Welcome to Gateway Community Church, Webster, Texas. We're so glad you found us, and we hope this message helps you discover more about God and His unique plan for your life. So why hear from me when that's what we're doing, praising the name of Jesus? Jim Rayburn was a founder of Young Life, and he said, Young Life is not what we're about, it is all we're about. And if we are people who living life in Christ, then Jesus needs to be all that we are about. That was a little side note. That wasn't even in the message. But I feel compelled because my heart is in a place to hear from Jesus. And I, I don't want to miss, or I don't want to misstate anything that he would have to say tonight. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you for this evening. I thank you for the songs that draw us to the cross. Songs that we lay our hearts down to you, knowing what you have done for us on the cross. Jesus, there is no way we can ever repay the gift that you have given us on the cross. Jesus, let us be servants who are reminded and are called to love you with all that we are, to be reminded of your shed blood on the cross for us. Lord, whatever it is that you want to say tonight, Lord, let me get out of the way and let you speak. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I don't know if anybody uh, today drove down El Dorado, past St. Francis of Assisi, the, the Catholic church. Anybody drive by there today? Anybody? And they're outside of the church today. They were having a, a, a crucifixion that they were doing. And it caught my eye because, one, the, the guy who was uh, portraying Jesus was in clothes much like myself. And there was these funny hat guys that were out there, and I didn't really know what it was. And then I went to a website called nextdoor.com. It's a neighborhood thing, and I don't know if anybody else is on nextdoor.com, but a lot of people get on there, and they got a lot of opinions on there. And there was a lot of opinions today about what was happening at St. Francis. And one guy was like telling, you know, you know, and was like, let me explain to you what was going on. And she was very sweet. And, and this guy, one guy, he says, he says, uh, well, I just think it is inappropriate and morbid. And I read those words and I thought about that today. And 1 Corinthians 1.18 came to mind and it says that the message of the cross is foolishness for those who are perishing. But for those of us who are being saved, it is the power of God. 
And you know what? Anything I might have thought about that guy got washed away with the words from Scripture. I, I spend too much of my life dealing with my feelings towards people and how I might feel about something when all I need to do is be reminded of what we are here today to celebrate, and it is the cross. That's not in the notes. And you know why? Because God wants to remind us today that the shed blood of Jesus Christ is paramount for our world today. I'm worked up. I was worked up. I was worked up when we were singing. You know, the cross, the symbolism of the cross has found itself in all different places, has it not? Has it not found its way into the sports arena, the crossing that the athletes do? It's, we find it on jewelry. We find it on clothing. I sure hope that by its finding its way there, that the message of the cross is not becoming benign and bland to us. So that it's commonplace, that we forget every day what Jesus did for us on the cross. Even at ground zero, when the Twin Towers were hit, that, that symbol, that, that beam that was there, was taken away from the museum, was put out by the street because they were going to put it into the new World Trade Center Museum. And when they did it, somebody took a piece of metal and took a sign and put it on this, on this cross out on the street and it says, a comfort for all. Is it a comfort for all? To the believers, it needs to be a comfort to us. But like I read today in the nextdoor.com, I'm not so sure that it is. You know, the cross was not a popular symbol. It wasn't a comfort to all in the very beginning. In fact, the Roman, the Roman Empire was one of the cruelest ways to die. It was so cruel to die on the cross in a crucifixion that the Romans, the citizens, were not even allowed to be crucified. And even to the Jews back then, it was shameful to find yourself dying because of dying on the cross. In the early church, the cross was forbidden in church art. Didn't even want to think about the cross. And it wasn't until the Roman emperor Constantine, he says that he saw a vision in the sky of a cross and a sign that says, In hoc signo 
Vincas. And the only reason why I know that symbol and that sign was I happened to be a Sigma Chi in college. And that happened to be what we talked about all the time was Constantine who conquered by the cross. And I look at that and I look at what Constantine did in the Roman Empire and what he did was he transformed the early Christian church because he was the one, as a converted Christian, began the, the, the stopping of the persecutions of the Christians. And at that point, that's when the early Christian church began to build and to grow. He used it as a symbol as a good luck charm on his shields and around the Roman Empire. Constantine put the cross out in front of the people. And he began to lead the Roman Empire that way. So, if today we celebrate Good Friday, because of the crucifixion, one of the most horrible deaths... And the one symbol in the early church that was forbidden and not revered, why is it today considered good? Because despite all of this, God had a plan. God has a plan. God, God knew what he was doing. There was never any moment outside of what Jesus was doing that was he, him going to the cross that God didn't know what was going to happen. Not one thing. It was all in the plan that God had made. John 14, 6 says this, I am the way and the truth and the life and no one comes to the Father except through me. God's plan was that Jesus would lay down his life willingly for you and I so that we would be able to have the opportunity to say yes to Jesus and have eternal life with a heavenly father. That was the plan. And Jesus says, hey, look, I am the way. I am the truth and the, and the, and the life. And no one can come to the father except through me. Jesus understood the magnitude of the cross. He understood what he was having to do. He understood what he was going to be going through. Last Sunday, we celebrated Palm Sunday. We celebrated the whole triumphal entry. We, we celebrated the palm branches going down, and we celebrated Jesus on a little colt riding in, and the people are saying, Blessed is the king. And all the while they are so excited and they're triumphant because their king, their Messiah is coming, and they are excited. And they are wondered by him. And they are laying the palm branches down. And all the while, Jesus is in this moment. And all he can do, and the Bible tells us, is that he wept over the city of Jerusalem. He wept over the city of Jerusalem because he knew what was going to come. In Luke 18, 31, Jesus took the twelve aside. And this is even before this. And he says to them, we're going to go up to Jerusalem. And everything that is written by the prophets and about the Son of Man will be fulfilled. He will be delivered over to the Gentiles. They will mock him, insult him, spit on him. They will flog him, and they will kill him. And on the third day, he's going to rise again. 
Jesus was speaking prophetically about what he already knew was going to take place. But yet in the midst of all of this that he was going through, all of this, he was crying because he knew that Jerusalem was going to be destroyed. He knew that his people were going to be trampled under. And it pained him. We've seen the emotion of Jesus in different places in the Bible. We've seen it when Lazarus had died. And we know the shortest verse in the Bible is Jesus wept. We also know that when the, the women had come to the cross, we know that Jesus is weeping for the daughters of Zion. Jesus, just like you and I, is experiencing emotions, feeling deep-hearted sense of what was to come. But even in all of that, even in all in the midst of everything to go through what he knew he was going to go through, to have all of this to come to fruition, he moved forward and he didn't stop because he knew it was a part of God's plan. place you know all of this when I think about what Jesus has done for us as he has spoken prophetically about who he was the things that were to come I look at him knowing all of this that was taking place and was going to take place and he never wavered from what his role was. He never wavered from moving forward. He never wavered from what his part of the plan was. Thomas is one of the disciples that, just like Peter, we kind of have a kind of an idea about who they were as individuals and people. And when we think about Thomas, what's, what's the one word that always comes about when we talk about Thomas? Doubting Thomas, right? Jesus says to Thomas, he says in John 20, he says, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen, yet have believed. Those that have not seen and believed, it's you and I that know him. That we are the believers in Christ. Those that have not seen and believed are you and I who say, we're redeemed by Christ's blood on the cross. Those that have not seen and believed are you and I who are compelled to share the good news of Jesus Christ to a dying world. To us, the cross is not an instrument of death. To us, it's the love of God. It's the love of God to humanity. And, and Jesus is a representation of that because he is the fulfillment of that. He fulfilled his calling by reconciling the world his heavenly father he reconciled us to him first john 4 9 through 10 says 
This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. I could spend the time laying out the circumstances of the cross. I could could spend the time to remind ourselves today on Good Friday the beating that Jesus took, the flogging, the the fact that a, a, a crown of thorns was placed on his head and wasn't just placed there, it was pushed down into his brow. And it wasn't even just pushed down, but it was hit and hammered on top of his head. And we could talk about that and we could talk about him being nailed to the cross, and we could talk about the spear going into his side, but if we do that, then the death aspect of the cross becomes what we begin to look at. And we lose sight of the fact that it's not the death of the cross, it's that the death of the cross is the fact that life comes from that death. That's the more important piece. I'd gone to Austin, and nobody judged me on this. I went to Austin for South by Southwest. Let's just say it was everything I had heard it was. But I'd gone to see a band. Some friends of ours were from London, and they had a son who was in a band. And I said, I'd like to come over and see him. And I did. And as I was driving through Bastrop, did I say that right? I don't even know how to say that one right. Is that close? I mean, I'm from Texas, and I don't even know how to say Is it Bastrop or is it Bastrop? Bastrop? And if I was there, I would murder it, and they would just be mad at me. So, so I'm driving. Oh, Randy told me not to tell you I was driving when I took this picture. I was, si- I was, I was sitting on the side of the road. And I took this picture of the trees in Bastrop. Y'all remember when the fires came through? Big deal. I mean, the whole, whole thing was scorched. I mean, it was nothing. In death, in devastation, comes life. Look how green it is. And if you'll notice, and I told Randy this, I didn't even notice when I saw the picture. Can y'all see the blue bonnets? I caught a little little thing of blue bonnets. Didn't even mean to do it. That devastation there was new life. That is the message of the cross. When Jesus says in Luke 19.30, it is finished. He doesn't say, I'm finished. He says, it. Because he had a job. He had a calling to fulfill. When he died on that cross, when he breathed those last words, it is finished. That's exactly what happened. And in that death has come new life for those that are in Christ Jesus.
Hebrews 10.10. The Bible says, By that will, which is the will of God, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Once for all. It goes on to say in verse 11, Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when this priest, Jesus, had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. And he announced by that action, it is finished. Hey, I... That's the glorious good news of what Jesus has done for us. In my humanity, I, I lose sight of what Jesus has done for me. And I've been a believer for 44 years. I don't want us to lose sight of the great love of God that He would send His Son to die for us. If you're here today and you're hearing this for the very first time, my hope for you is that you understand and you recognize that the folks that say amen, that applaud at the good news of Jesus Christ, they do so because they have been transformed by the great love of Jesus Christ. And it would be wrong of me. It would not be right of me. To walk away from this place right now, right here, and have someone that might be here for the very first time hearing the love of Jesus spoken to them in this way and not give them an opportunity to respond to that great love. Romans 10.9 says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised His Son from the dead, you will be saved. You know, as a Christian for 44 years, as a follower of Jesus, as a believer in Jesus Christ, we, we throw words around sometimes like the word saved, don't we? Because they're just what we're used to saying. What what is it? What do we what 
when those words are said, what are we being saved from? Romans 6.23 goes on and says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's what you're being saved from. An eternal separation from God. You are here. And, and that love resonates with you tonight for the very first time. I want you to understand that it's a simple process. Our children's ministry does it the best. And why? move away from a simple formula. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty good at things that have to do with kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. You want to know how to receive that good news, that great news that Jesus loved you, that He died for you on the cross, that He did that so that once for all, mankind would have the opportunity to know God, admit that you're a sinner. Believe that Jesus is who He says He is. And as Romans 10.9 says, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. ABC. Sometimes I ought to work with just children sometimes. Pretty simple. Folks, tonight we gathered because a God loved us so much that He sent His one and only Son so that whoever would believe in Him, they God is a good God. He loves us. He cares about us. He cares about you and He cares about me. Don't lose sight of why Jesus came. Remember His great love. Father, tonight, I just praise your name for who you are. Father, I'm so full of gratitude right now for what you've done for me, for my friends here in this room. Thank you, Jesus that you loved us that much. You died for us on a cross. In Jesus' precious, wonderful, holy name, 
learn more about us, visit www.gateway-community.org. Welcome to your journey.